the Harvard professor who shot a financial titan and fomented anti-German sentiment in pre-World War I America. By Radha Watzel, from Smithsonian. I'm Desiree Foltz. The breaking news of July 4, 1915, shocked New Yorkers and the rest of the country. A shooting at the home of America's most powerful banker, J.P. Morgan, the son of the financial giant and tyrant with the same name, exposed tensions that could barely be kept under wraps as the United States, with about 15% of its population born abroad, struggled to remain neutral in the war tearing apart Europe. On the morning of July 3, 1915, while Morgan and his wife Jane, known as Jessie, took breakfast with the British ambassador and his wife in the Morgan's three-story mansion near Glencove on Long Island, their butler, Physic, opened the door to a lanky man who demanded to speak to the financier. When Physic demurred, the man pulled two guns from his coat and forced his way inside. Keeping his cool, the butler led the way to the library, allowed the intruder to enter before him, and slammed the door shut before racing down the hall, calling for the Morgans to hide. The Morgans hurried upstairs. The intruder, who later told the press his name was Frank Holt, realized that he'd been duped and quickly followed after them. Morgan and Holt came face to face on the second floor landing, and the bullish banker charged. Holt fired twice, and Morgan, who weighed about 220 pounds, toppled forward, knocking his assailant to the floor. Mrs. Morgan pried away one of Holt's guns while he remained pinned beneath her husband. Physic arrived on the scene and finished off the job, striking Holt on the right temple with a lump of coal. Shot in the groin and thigh, Morgan was rushed to the hospital while Holt was carted away to the police station. The truth emerged quickly. Holt had set off bombs at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. on the evening of July 2nd and had then taken the night train to New York. No one was killed or hurt, but the bombs unleashed considerable damage on the reception rooms outside the vice president's office. In a letter mailed to various newspapers ahead of the attacks, Holt claimed that he hadn't intended to cause any harm. All he wanted, or so he said, was to bring attention to his cause. He justified his actions, saying, unusual times and circumstances call for unusual means, and offered similar reasons to explain his visit to Morgan, maintaining that he had hoped to convince the banker to use his great influence to halt the United States' exports of arms and ammunition to Europe. When reporters asked Holt whether news of the Morgan Bank's recent $100 million loan to the British government had precipitated his actions, he replied, That was only a detail. I had decided upon my course before that. You think my sympathies are pro-German. That is not the case. I am merely against wholesale slaughter. Given the public fervor over the death of 128 Americans when a German U-boat sank the passenger liner Lusitania that May, and concerns that Berlin had dispatched saboteurs and spies to America, the press were predisposed to pile on with anti-German sentiment. In headlines that stretched across the front page of the July 4th paper, the New York Times reported, J.P. Morgan hit by a man who set the Capitol bomb, hit by two bullets before wife disarms assailants. He is Frank Holt, ex-teacher of German at Cornell. Physicians say the bullets touched no vital spot. Stories and letters poured into newspapers questioning the loyalty of so-called hyphenated Americans, especially German Americans, who were looked upon with suspicion in the aftermath of the sinking of the Lusitania by German U-boats earlier in May. The Times ran a story on page 3 on July 4th, Holt, an American of German descent, describing him as a rather reticent person, but decidedly pro-German. An editorial in the Herald attributed the act to the preaching of mouthpieces of the pro-German propaganda. If Germany had control of the seas, the shipment of these arms would be all right, according to the creed of these German Americans. 
Another in the Tribune called German submarine warfare inhuman and went on to say that now the example has spread. German partisans in this country are beginning to take their cue from the barbarity and lawlessness of the German government. Some, like the Denver Herald, veered on the side of moderation. On this anniversary of the Day of Independence, we should also pray for a safe and sane press. The papers covered the Morgan sympathetically. After all, this was Jack Morgan, not his feared father. The first J.P. Morgan had died in 1913, and the Morgans had been waiting to welcome home their recently married son when Holt attacked. It turned out that Holt was an alias for Eric Munter, a Harvard professor who had gone missing after police began to suspect him of murdering his wife in 1906. As seen in the headline mentioned earlier, the reporters originally thought Munter taught at Cornell. The press then ascribed Munter's motive to temporary insanity and cracked brains. He had gone on to marry again, have a child, and settle in Dallas. Despite his questionable mental state, Munter was on to something when he targeted Morgan in his misguided call for peace. Historian Robert Zeger estimates that between 1915 and 1917, Morgan and